So how many of you were here uh, last Sunday morning? Pretty much most of you. Wasn't John awesome? John Ferguson? It was terrific having him down. We had a, we had a wonderful time with him at our house too. Let me just get this thing going. Here we go. There we go. Technology is a wonderful thing, isn't it, church? When it goes well. When it doesn't go well, well then that's I'm a fish out of water, I can tell you. So how's everyone today? Oh good? Good. Good. Well I'm looking forward to seeing what the Holy Spirit is going to do. How about you? See, God's already started something. He already started something in the worship. The presence of God begins to move. And you know, sometimes church I think. We've got to be courageous enough just to stop and pause and let God be God. Yeah? Isn't that right, Brian? Just let God be God. You know, we have a program, and that's fine because Paul, the Apostle Paul, that is, talks about order in the house of God. It's not a free-for-all. So he talks about that. But if we don't make room for the presence of God, we're just another club. Who wants to be a club? Not me. Not me, that is for sure. Turn to Psalms 27 while I'm talking. I want to acknowledge too, before I start this morning, the passing of Queen Elizabeth. What a wonderful monarch she is. Would you agree? What a wonderful woman. How many years was she on the throne? 70, is that right? 70 years or something. I mean, just extraordinary woman. She was also a committed believer. Did you know that? In her last um, speech that she made, I think the New Year's, the Christmas one or the New Year's one, um, she declared that her te- that the teachings of Jesus, her words, were the bedrock of her faith. She declared that. Wow. Um, I'm not sure that that will continue in the with the new king, but we'll see. We'll see. So I want to recap over the last four weeks. We've been preaching about the Holy Spirit. And one of our church's four focus themes, and of course you would all know this if you belong to this church, is being increasingly Spirit-led. Increasingly. Everyone say increasingly. That says to me that we do not stay where we are. What does it say to you? Same thing. That means there is progression, and it's a forward progression. It's not a stagnation deal, and it's not a reversal deal. It is we are going to move forward because we have agreed, or at least you did before I arrived and Christine arrived, that we would be increasingly led. We've heard several messages with a specific focus on the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is who he is, what he does, why we need him. And last week we had the pleasure, as I said, of John Ferguson. Uh, John was sharing with us and he further helped us to better understand how God uses us. That's everyone. Everyone say me. That's you. He uses us to pray for healing. And by the way, John made it very clear last week, and I kind of hadn't quite seen it like this, but I do agree, praying for healing for people is a command. (laughs) How about that? 
That was a revelation for moi. It's a command, and in particular, why the gift of prophecy and the use of the prophetic is so important um, for building up the church when we gather together as we have gathered this morning. The use of the prophetic ministry, that prophetic gift, so incredibly important um, for building up the body of Christ. So I want to ask you something. Does that stir something in your spirit right now? Does it? Half of you are asleep, clearly. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So I want to ask this other question then. Why do you think God gives us spiritual gifts? So shout it out. What do you, why do you think he gives us spiritual gifts? Tell us. They're a tool to use as opposed to a toy to play with. Absolutely. Yeah. Hold on, one at a time. Who, where are we? Yeah, was it? Who was that? <laughs> yes, to build the church, absolutely. To encourage, yep. To edify ourselves, to glorify Him. Someone said something here. To guide us, yeah, all of those things are true. To use us, absolutely. To equip us is what you're saying, isn't it? To equip us. To equip us for, the witness of, uh, for witness and for mission, to build us up and to strengthen us. But listen to this. But also to demonstrate to unbelievers that the kingdom of God is actually real and it's here today. See, when Jesus turned up, he said, to the Pharisees, and they love this, not. Look at me, and I paraphrase, the kingdom of God has come among you because he was there. And that's true today as much as it was true then. Therefore, God wants to see his people with the many gifts that he disperses. And by the way, he distributes the gifts. Church, you need to understand this. God distributes those spiritual gifts as he determines, as he sees fit. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 tells us this. It is one, there it is. It is one, it is the one and only Spirit. That's Holy Spirit, by the way, because it's a capital S. Who distributes all of these gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So what's, what, what's he saying? We need to understand how we're wired, who we are, the way that God has gifted us. Don't try to take a gift that someone else has got that you think, oh, I'd really like that, but you are not gifted for it. Do not try to take what is not yours. Understand what God has given you. And then, man, run with that. Maximize that. Grab hold of that and develop it and grow it and expand it. Move forward with it. Progress with it. But please do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. What did I just say? Do not put it on the shelf, as some of you have done. Smile, everyone. Don't put it on the shelf. And we've all been guilty of that, I'm sure, by degrees. What it means is if you are a believer, you have been given spiritual gifts. God has given them to you already. You're sitting with them right now. 
You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't have favorites. He might make choices because he said he gives them as he determines. But God will not bypass anyone. Isn't that great news? The gifts or the gifts have been given for a reason. We see that then in Ephesians 4.12. This is just recapping, church. Ephesians 4.12 tells us what that reason is, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's the whole body, may edify or be built up in love. It's important, church, that we understand what God has put into our hands, what God has given you, what God has given me, and we don't sit on it. We do something with it. We exercise that gift. I had a moment a few days ago. <clears throat> I was out doing my walkie thing. You know where this is going, don't you? And I had a download. I absolutely. I came home and I shared it with John and Christine, I think. I think I shared it with, with you both. I had this download. And a couple of people just zipped. And, and I was listening to a song. Do you want to know what the song is? Not telling you. So I had the song anyway. And it wasn't a Christian song because I listen to other music as well. You know, I'm an old rocker from way back, you know. Um, Rolling Stones. Pink Floyd. I mean, this is real music. Not some of the stuff you hear today. You can't even understand the words. At least that stuff, you can understand the words. You know, the Eagles. People like that. Tremendous. Yeah, bring it on, eh, Carl? Where's Mark Headley? There you go. And God just said... For you, Mark. You might need to edit that out of the tape, by the way. Can we leave it in the tape, Mark? We can leave it in the tape. You know, such a man. Mark, I'd like you to stand. I'd like you to stand, if that's okay. Would you stand for me, please? Stand for us. Here's a man of big frame, mighty frame. He's a mighty, mighty man. And what God showed me, Mark, was, um, you know, Gideon? You've got the spirit of Gideon all over you. You know the story about Gideon, Mark? He was a mighty man too. He stood tall amongst the people and God had gifted him powerfully and mightily. But when God called him, he was hiding in the wine press. This mighty man was kind of just shut down in the wine press. And God said, you know, in spite of that, I still choose you, Gideon. God still chose you. God has chosen you, Mark. He's chosen you to be a voice. He's chosen you not to be an echo, but to be a voice. There's a mightiness about you. There is a, you're, there's a largeness of frame, but there's a largeness of spirit about who you are as a man, who you are as a follower of, of Jesus. And God wants, wants to say to you this morning, rise up, you mighty man of valor. Rise up. Rise up. You see, God, does that mean something to you, Mark? See, go and talk to him afterwards. Don't take my word for it. Don't just accept what you've just heard. Go test it out. Because when God speaks, God is up for the test. Okay? So go check it out with him. As what Paul said, if we believe that that was the Spirit of God, well, tell us, Mark, was that true or was that just a load of rubbish? Go and ask him. But you see, some of you have got that same gift. What you just saw demonstrated there, you've got that. And I'm saying to you this morning, rise up, you mighty men and women of valor. Rise up. 
If it's a prophetic word, it always comes. Here's a guide for you. It always comes in such a way that it blesses. It always does. It never condemns. If someone stands up here in this church and they say, Paul, I've got a word, and they start speaking the word that's, that, that chooses to condemn somebody or something that's gone, I will shut them down in a heartbeat because that's not the Spirit of God. Now, that word may very well be true for that person, but that needs to be done in private. But when it's in the body... It always edifies, because that's what Ephesians says, edifying itself in love. It always edifies. It always builds. We really, really need to understand that. You know, over the years, and Christine and I have been in ministry for a few years now, we've heard some people that call themselves prophets. You know, at the end of the day, they'd be more of a loss than a prophet. Really have. You've just got to discern. You've got to discern, folks. Is it God or not? You've just got to discern. Angela Sanderson, where are you? Right there. Wow. She's a beautiful woman, isn't she? See, there's a beauty about her. Carla, didn't ask you. See, there's a beauty about this girl that comes from the inside as well. It oozes out of you, Angela. I've never met someone that has such a passionate demeanor, whatever she touches and does, whatever she does, and she, she makes you feel good, even when you feel bad. She has this aura about her, and God has given you something, Angela, that we need to see more and more of. There's a beauty inside of you. There's a, a depth and a level of beauty that God is wanting to just see explode in this place. And we want you to know that you have permission to explode. You have permission, you have God's permission to be who God made you to be. How does that sound? Sounds great. Start now. Start now. Start today. See, God does this kind of thing because he, he wants to see his people built up. He wants to see his body activated and, and doing the things that he's gifted us to do. And I tell you what, church, when we start operating like that in kingdom ways, not in unwise ways, but in kingdom ways, when we start doing that, boy, oh boy, people will hear about it. People will say, man, I want to come and check out this thing that you call church. They'll just start coming. You know, some of you have prophetic gifts and you have other gifts as well. So here's my question. What are you doing with what God has given you? What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it, people? Because I've come to realize that if we are not using what we have already been given, then we as his body are incomplete. You know, if you're here this morning as a believer... You have already been given a spiritual gift, or probably plural, gifts. It's already happened. So what are you doing with what God has given you? I want you to hold that thought. That's a review of the last four weeks. But this morning, this morning, um, I want to shift our focus just slightly to look not so much at the gifts, although I've been talking about them now, not so much at the gifts, as important as they are, but I want us this morning to focus on the source of the gifts. 
That is the gift giver, Jesus. He's the giver of all good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change his mind about what he is wanting to do. James 2. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Colossians, um, those words, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's the great truth from which all other truths flow. And I want us to look more intently into the personhood of who Jesus Christ is. So you're with me on this, church? We're going to read Psalms 27, verses 1 through to 6 in a second. So if you've got your Bibles, just um, open that up. Psalms 27, verses 1 through 6. And I'm reading from the NIV. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isn't that wonderful? He's asking the question, and we should ask the question too. Is there anyone here this morning that's afraid of who God is? Don't be. Don't be. Verse 2. When the wicked advance against me to, to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Did you hear that? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. This is David. Do any of you recall a song back in the day, back in my early days when I was a little bit younger, uh, written by a guy called Mark Altridge um, in 1987, actually. Um, the song was called, uh, I Stand in Awe of You. Any of you remember that? Put the words up on the screen, please. I want you to, we're going to say these together, read these out together. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. And then he goes on with these words, and I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praise is due, I stand in awe of you. I want you to draw your attention then in light of that to verse 4. One thing David said, I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Let me explain what's going on here for David. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord, it's talking about Jesus here. It's not talking about your prayer life, although your prayer life is really, really 
really important. David here is referring to the personhood of Jesus. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord is to meditate on who Jesus Christ is and to let ourselves be in awe of him. Are you catching this in your spirit? Let ourselves be in awe of him. Church, that takes the relationship to a whole new level when we do that. This is more, of, this is more than just accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is knowing him as your personal Savior. In the, in the Hebrew Old Testament, the word knowing as you, it has a sexual connotation. It's intimacy. It's that kind of intimacy. That's the knowing that we're talking about here. And I'm not talking about the, the human understanding of that intimacy. I'm talking about a spiritual intimacy that goes to the depths of your being and the depths of who he is. To stand in awe of who he is. To be in awe of who he is. Someone shout amen. amen. It's just awesome. It changes everything to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. You know, um, when we um, arrive at church on a Sunday morning, as we did this morning, we begin with a simple uh, singing, praise and worship. Uh, um, do you know why we do that, by the way? Why we come in here and we begin with, with songs. Any idea? To invite the Holy Spirit? Yep. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, to focus on him, that's right. Well, I'll tell you what it's not about, and Carl said that this morning. It's not about the worship leader. It's not about the wonderful musicians and singers that we are so blessed to have in this church. It's not actually about the wonderful songs that we sing. Did you know there is no such thing as Christian songs? There are Christian words to music, but they're not Christian songs. It's just words and music. It's not about the songs that we sing so much. It's actually about shifting our focus, as someone just said from the front here, from ourselves, from the week that we had, from all the challenges and the ups and downs that we've had, to come into here and to kind of push the reset button, to set our heart and our focus on Him. That's what it's for. Fast songs, slow songs, they're, they're Christian words, they're words that honor God. And at the end of the day, it's about centering ourselves on who He is. You agree? That's what it's about. And Carl put it so beautifully this morning. He says, this is not about me, him. It's not about that. We have these gifts, we have these abilities, and it's our pleasure to use them here, but it's actually about Him. You know, in Psalms 27, in particular, verse 4, records David's one thing, one single consuming, all-consuming desire to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. There are many references in the Bible to the beauty of Jesus. Here's but two of them. Isaiah 33, 17, not on the screen, says this, your eyes will behold the King Jesus in his beauty. There it is. 
You know, if you're a male here today and you're thinking, oh, that's a bit feminine, it's not about femininity. It's about a heart response to the King of Kings. The glory of the universe is Jesus. It's about our response from in here to Him. Revelations 1, 13 to 16, I'll read it all out. This is talking about Jesus, one like a son of man, clothed with a light. And and imagine this, think about this while I'm uh, uh, speaking the adjectives. With a long, long robe and with a golden sash around his chest, the hairs on his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. That's a description. That's an earthly description of Jesus. How many gray-haired, white-haired people do we have here this morning? Put your hand up apart from you, Beryl. Put your hand up. Do you know how blessed you are? Do you know how blessed you are according to that description? You know, these verses are not describing the Jesus that Hollywood has conjured up, church. Nor is this the marred and disfigured, disfigured Jesus who once, once, once hung on the cross. Not anymore. He once hung on the cross. And it's not talking about that picture of Jesus. This is the Jesus who will return to take back that which Satan has corrupted. At some point, he will come back. He will come back for his church. These verses and others begin to clue us into the fact that Jesus is not broken and he is not disfigured. They describe him as being, listen to this, he's omniscient. That means all-knowing, omniscience, all-knowing. He's omnipotent. That means all-powerful, where we get the English word potent from. He is omnipresent. He's all-seeing. Do you know anyone else that can do that? Jesus can. In fact, only he can. He's awesome. He's breathtaking. He's amazing. He's astounding, church. He is splendid. He's magnificent. He is glorious. He is awe-inspiring. He is beautiful beyond description. It's a beauty that's beyond our limited, our earthly understanding of what constitutes beauty. Everything about him is what makes him beautiful. Every aspect of his character and his personality is awe-inspiring. It is fascinating. It's captivating. His love, his joy, his playfulness, his fierceness, his humility, his honesty, his cleverness, his justice, his dedication, his wisdom, his faithfulness, and a thousand other personas are what make him beautiful. Jesus literally radiates beauty. You know, in this auditorium this morning, we will probably find these attributes and these characteristics in each one of us by varying degrees. But, and here's the rub, no human on earth 
could ever be all of these things perfectly all at once as Jesus is. Notice I said as Jesus is, not as he was, as he is, present tense. He is utterly remarkable, completely unique. He is without equal, without comparison, and there was no one quite like him. Have you ever encountered beauty um, in a song, maybe? I have. Some songs are beautiful, aren't they? You love to sing them, catchy tune. The words mean something. Very thirsty this morning, church. Um, have you ever encountered beauty in a painting? Yep. A story? Um, a movie? Yeah, I'm sure. Or even another person. And to whom you have said, isn't he or she beautiful? You've encountered that? You've, okay. Now I recall the first time that Christine and I clapped eyes on each other. Can I share this story? Thank you. <laughs> Actually, it was a blind date. I'd never been on a blind date in my life. It was a blind date, and um, so I turned up. Um, I was pretty excited about, about meeting her, and because uh, I kind of have to say that, don't I? But anyway, I was. Um, and and I, I had a pretty flash car. I had a V8 and all the rest of it. I had one of those really neat vehicles that made all sorts of noises, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so I turned up in this, this, this flash car of mine outside her house, and when I knocked on the door, never met her in my life, but I heard about her, and knocked on the door, and... Um, uh, uh, and then she's, th she's there, and she was, when she opened up the door, her eyes, she was looking down that way, she was expecting someone shorter than her, but then I'm standing there, she went, oh, hello, <laughs> that's how it happened, didn't it? So I saw her for the very first time, and I said, my goodness, and that's what I said to myself, not to her, first date, um, I thought, boy, I've hit the jackpot, <laughs> seriously, man, I still feel the same way, by the way. Forty years later, folks, we just celebrated our 37th the other day, so we've known each other for 40 years. Um, I still feel the same way, but I'll leave uh, the same way, but I'll leave the rest up to your imagination. But this is David. This is David as he looks at the personhood of Jesus Christ. This is what he sees. He is beyond description. He is beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Can I have the music team please come up, Carl? You know, for us today, unlike David in his time, so it's Old Testament times and... Um, in Old Testament times, God's beauty would appear um, in the temple when the priest did the sacrifice, made the sacrifice, which was usually a lamb, the shedding of blood. Um, and the beauty of the Lord would encompass the, um, that space. The beauty of God would come in a tangible way. And people could, 
could sense it, and at, there are times when they could see it, the, the pillar of cloud um, by day and the, and, and, the, and the fire by night when they were going towards the Red Sea. God came in those very tangible ways. But that was the old covenant. But we're not in the old covenant anymore, are we? We're under the new covenant of God's grace. So for us today, under the new covenant, God's beauty appears in the substitutionary sacrifice. That is in the person and the work of Jesus who became our substitutionary sacrifice for our sin once and for all. Isn't that awesome? Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Once and for all. See, here's the truth of the substitutionary sacrifice that Christ made on your behalf and on my behalf. He paid the price in full for your sin and my sin, past, present, and future. Is it any wonder that David gazed upon the beauty of Jesus? He was captivated. It did something in the depths of his soul. And he said, God, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in your temple, that's the one and only thing I seek. And then everything else that David did, all the good that he did, all the gifts the good gifts that God gave him came out of that relationship at that level. Are you with me, church? Are you catching this in your spirit? So I'm asking this question of us. What about us this morning? Do we desire God like David desired him? Do we desire him like we desire the glitter of diamonds and gold and even status? Do we desire him more than that? Nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with them. But at what place do you put him? Is he below or is he above? See, this is the question. The good that David did every good gift that he received, everything that was noble, trustworthy, and righteous, it all came from him gazing upon the beauty of God. It all came from that. Someone said in the pre-service prayer meeting this morning, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things that are important to us, that are not bad, are good for us, God's going to give them anyway. But put him first. Just put him first. It's not like that we serve a God who's mean, who's wanting to trip you up every time um, to catch you out. God doesn't operate that way. We might. He doesn't. It's not that God is, is kind of wandering around like some cosmic disciplinarian wanting to hit you with a baseball bat every time you do something wrong. That's not the God we serve. Now, does he reward bad behavior? No. 
Does he want us to sin? No. But how many of you know we do? We do. But we have this beautiful, beyond description persona of Jesus, the King of kings, the Son of God, the Redeemer of all things that have gone wrong. We can come to him and lay it at the foot of his feet because he, Nairi, paid the price. He paid the price. And I can come into that and I can come under that and say, God, here I am. Use me. And that brings me to what I really want to say this morning. Do you want this? uh... So we've got a church here of, I don't know how many people are here. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're here this morning as a follower of Jesus, which is probably most of you, God has given you gifts, spiritual gifts. And he's given them to you for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. Firstly, he wants to honor you with what he's given you. Because he does. He honors us with those gifts. He says, you know, John, here you go. Gaylene, here you go. Just gives them to us. It's incredible, isn't it? This is the king of kings. Would do that for me. Would do that for you. But there's so much more to it than just him being the gift giver. Tegan, I remembered. Jasmine, I got that one too. These girls have been having me on because they know that I'm terrible on remembering names. And Teague said to me, she said, just think of chicken. Teagle chicken. I got it. Tegan, Teagle chicken. There it is. But clearly, I don't have the gift of remembering names. You probably do. Thing is, church, whatever gift God has given you, and we're talking about spiritual gifts here now, we as a body of people, we need to see them operating. Not in bizarre ways, not swinging off the lights, or these would be a bit, or, yep, not, don't do any of that stuff. We're not looking for demons behind doorknobs. We're not doing any of that kind of thing. If there's demonic stuff going on, don't worry. The elders will deal with it. They will. That's their gift. That's the anointing over their life. I have no problem if the enemy tries to uh, um, uh, um, distract and all that kind of stuff. Don't worry. I'll I'll deal with it. It happened this morning when I got to church at 8 o'clock. There was one waiting at the door for me. You think I'm joking, don't you? No way. It was in the per- body, a person's body waiting there to disrupt my morning. And I had to deal with it on the spot. Thank goodness you weren't there. These kind of things happen. So you just deal with it. But I'm not going to be distracted by that stuff. My focus is to gaze upon the wonder of who Jesus Christ is. I'll let him deal with that stuff. Are you with me, church? So how many of you here, we're good for time, how many of you here would say that you have, the, have been given or believe you have the gift of prophecy? Put your hand up. Come on, don't be shy. One, two, three, four. Is that a hand there, Tina? Visions, put your hand up. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 
great. So there's 12 people in this current congregation here this morning that either have or believe that they have that gift of sharing with someone and encouraging and building them up, the gift of prophecy, the prophetic. Well, I want to let you know, if God's got a word right now for somebody that you have for somebody, put your hand up because I'll come to you with the microphone. Here's the test. It's okay, you don't have to, but you may have a word for somebody that you need to share with them privately. That's fine too. Here's the point. If we've got 12 people in this congregation that have the, a, a prophetic gift, we should be seeing that operating every Sunday morning. As far as I'm concerned, what do you think? Yeah? We should be praying about, God, what are you going to give me when I come to church this Sunday? We should be praying about that during the week and asking God to, to, to show us what it is that He's wanting me to share. Now, He might not want you to share anything, and that's fine, but I can guarantee you this, it shouldn't be just up to me. Do you agree? Robin, what is it you want to say? Um, oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Now, Robin, just remember this is on film, on tape. Yep. First of all, it's just for everybody. Um, about three weeks ago, um, I was just there and God went and... Um, gave me this word and it just was about being prepared Yep. and it was about half a page if people want to know if it's true mm -hmm. they can follow me home tonight because yeah. it's written on a bit of paper at home tonight so I had to give these pamphlets out today yeah. and what it was was about being prepared to give yes. the word yes. so this is something for us mm. be prepared you know because people people really need this word yeah that's awesome mate from us. yep yep <laughs> thank you thank you Robin thank you for being bold and for stepping up to the plate. Yeah, Christine. Don't talk about me. Oh, this awesome opportunity now, but I won't. <laughs> I'll save that for another time. But when you said it for a person, I didn't have something for a person, but when we had that, um, when you repeated that song at the end, um, I got a picture of God just, well, sorry, a man, um, going through a, like a picture theatre, which is very much like what this church looks like, and he was just sweeping and sweeping away all this rubbish. Mm. And I just felt like God was saying, I'm getting rid of all the residue. Mm. Wow. Um, and that, wow. that prepare the way that mm. Robin was just saying, I, I went immediately to that verse, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Wow. Yeah. That's good, Christine. Thank you, Carl. Ellen? Uh, I was in bus terminal um, on Thursday. Uh, was going to renew my bus pass, and there was a deaf chap in front of me. He had lost his car. Apparently, they told him he'd had three dollars seventy-five on his car, but he needed to pay five dollars for another car. Mm. He pulled out all the money he had, a dollar seventy-two mm. or seventy-five or something and they wouldn't give him a car. And I just had a voice say, do it. <laughs> yes. So I bought the car and put $50 on Good man. Good man. Thank you. One more. Uh, John. John. Yeah, in relation to <coughs> gifts, um, 
I do, I'm not a builder, but I do, I have done a lot of building in the past, and um, we just went off to do a little job on the weekend, and I had a big list of stuff to go through, um, and if you get to where you're going, out country, and you find that you haven't got a particular tool, it can be really annoying or challenging, and I just really want to speak to the people that, um, you know, they have different gifts to dig into those things because you might be the pencil, you might be the ruler, you might be yeah. the hammer, you might be the generator, or you might just be the cable that happens to attach a generator to all the tools and you've forgotten that. Bring it out yeah, and use it. And yeah. Be those people because they're all important. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, what song are you going to go to? That's fine. Um, so church, um, please, please stand. I want to give opportunity for, um, <clears throat> for you to, um, for folk to pray for you. If you could, they can pray for you where you're standing. If you could just, um, if you want them to, if you're, if you're sitting on something that God has given you maybe years ago and you put it on the shelf, um, maybe it's time to pick it up again, dust it off. Let God re-energize you. Let God rebirth something in you. And it may well be that it's not just a rebirth, but it's a new birth. That, that God's wanting to do something through you. He wants to give you something, whatever that gift is, that maybe you've never had before. Maybe there's a desire in your heart for it and it, and, 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 and it lines up with your personality and the way you're wired. Well, just be open to that. Just be open to that. Don't settle, church, for the status quo. That's what we do. Don't, let us not be a church that settles for the status quo. Let's be willing to be increasingly spirit-led. So we're going to sing the song. The team are going to lead us in this. If you'd like prayer down the front, please come down. We'll pray for you. If you'd like prayer for where you are, just um, ask folk to gather around you to pray for you. But please do not leave this auditorium saying, I wish I had of. Please do it. Because we need to see the gifts operating in this body of people. Not for your sake, but for the sake of the kingdom. Someone say amen. So we're going to sing. And if you need to go, that's fine. But please respect what's happening here. Otherwise, we'll see you out at the cafe. God bless church. Have a fabulous week.